You're listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush. Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Thrash and Kill. You're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toilet of Hell Radio Show. Joined with me, as always, is The 365 Days of Horror, or as we like to call him, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good. It is our holiday episode, which means we're counting down the top 100 heavy metal cover songs of Christmas songs. Uh, we're going to get through all 100 on this episode. We're not splitting this into the parts, so we need to start right now. First up, who you got? We have D. Snyder doing D. <laughs> Snyder's version of D. Snyder's Oh Come All You Faithful. I was looking at the uh, Toilet of Hell Discord the other day. Uh, which Big I, mistake. Yeah, I know. Huge mistake. Um, and I saw that um, in in response to the uh, the episode we did last week, the um, you know the most popular quote unquote metal songs of 2023. Uh, one of the guys in the Discord said the first episode I ever listened to of Toilet Radio was last year's most popular metal song. So you know, uh, he said uh, that was a that was a good episode. Also, I've learned so much about your guys in the meantime, and I felt so gratified. <laughs> I claim no ownership over any of these people. No, I do. They're my guys. Uh, Everything that they do, I wholeheartedly endorse. (laughs) Um, Before we get into this episode, I want to go ahead and say this right now. If you want a Toilet of Hell t-shirt, this is your last day to get it. Send us an email, Toilet of Hell Gmail. Let us know what size you have, what size you want, uh, what your address is, including country. Uh, I've been at work like six out of the last seven days. Uh, so I haven't had time to reply to anybody. I will do that immediately. But here's the thing, like, get it in because I'm putting in the order with the uh, the printing company tomorrow. So uh, when this publishes, it's your last chance. You get one day, put it in. No takesies, backsies. Uh, I will have like four shirts uh, that I'm ordering extra and those are like already set aside. So get it in. This is your, I mean it, last chance, last chance. Anything you want to add there, Jordan? We also have stickers for sale. Um, for an extra five bucks, you can get adorable chibi sticker versions of Joe and myself. Um, so yeah, get them while you can. It's lots of fun stuff. You could stick them on notebooks or your guitar case. When someone asks you, what is that? You just say, it, it would take too long to explain. Don't worry about it. Yeah, really, um, really odd thing to do. But I mean, it's not that... I guess it's not that out of the ordinary. I, I saw uh, an incredible tweet the other day, which is rarer and rarer. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this guy at Franzia Mom uh, on Twitter said, uh, every man has a podcast with over 400 episodes that he's been listening to for six years that he needs a specialized, dedicated online community to talk about with because he sounds crazy trying to explain it to normal people. Does that sound familiar to you? It sounds like a couple people, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh when you ask why do we have these weird uh, chibi versions of ourselves, there you go. That's it. <laughs> it's so people can look at it and think to themselves, honk, honk, honk. Honk, honk, honk. Let's get it. Uh, this is the holiday episode of the show. But, you know, no holiday is going to make us take a break from talking about our guys, is it? No, we can never stop talking about our guys. It's a perpetual motion machine. We have to keep moving or we will die. Uh, So I guess to start here, we should talk about one of um, one of the highlights 
or low lights, however you choose to see it, of our guys for the year 2023. That would be fake band AI, quote unquote, crypto scam, really nonsensical kind of scheme. The shredders. Uh, you sent me a press release uh, just the other day that made me furious. Uh, what is it, Jordan? The shredders unveil new holiday classic. I can't remember Christmas. I see. That sounds bad, but I'm sure that you know they can. They can somehow justify this, right? Uh, they need money. That would uh, that would probably be it, yeah. The uh, trial version of whatever they were using to create music is about to run out and they need to pay for another year. Yeah, the cracked version of Fruity Loops. Of Winamp. <laughs> it whips the llama's ass. Rarely do songs come along that make a timeless mark in the annals of holiday music. Classics like Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, Wham's Last Christmas, and Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree are enduring songs shared by millions each year around this festive time. Masters of Metal, The Shredders, are likely not one of these. Hmm, well, that's that points for honesty. Yeah, so uh, I guess we're just going to kill this immediately, right? However, for metalheads who need a little more thrashing and bashing to fuel their holiday spirit, look no further. The Shredders, Erasmus Raz Von Ripper vocals, Weasel guitar, Vincent Barlow guitar, Nigel Barrymore bass, and Donnie Deckman drums mm-hmm. have, have stepped to the stage to offer up a new everlasting classic holiday metal anthem, I Don't Remember Christmas. I That's see. a gift of riffs for headbangers everywhere. Uh-huh. Commenting on the new seminal holiday classic, bassist Nigel Barrymore says, I can't think of anything worse than another Xmas song. They make me want to shove sharp sticks in my ears. But according to our contract, we had to make one. Well, me and the boys figured, why not write a song that we can all relate to and tell the label to piss off at the same time? Uh So we got drunk and accidentally wrote the best Xmas song ever. Uh Uh-huh. I see. There There you have it. Get your stockings stuffed and your chestnuts roasted with the Shredder's blistering new song, I Can't Remember Christmas, just in time for that old bastard Chris Kringle to squeeze his fat ass down the chimney. It might not be Mariah Carey, but haven't we suffered enough already this year? Now, I just want to point out, none of these people are real. None of this (laughs) is real. None of this is real. The instruments aren't real. The quote isn't real. Nothing of this sort happened, but here's a song anyway from a band that no one listens to. It, it just it's so galling to me this fake like uh, transgressive or like uh, you know otherwise cheeky attempt at uh, at being you know uh, countercultural with this uh, oh we hate Christmas the label is making us do it this is not this is all fake this is a fake band made up of ones and zeros programmed by some fucking dipshit that no one listens to, no one cares about, and yet it has the buy-in of folks like Dave Davidson, uh, the fucking guy from Exodus, (laughs) Gary Holt, or whoever, and uh, so many others who took a paycheck from this. Again, it's a crypto scam, is what it is at its heart. 
Now I'm reading through the press release some more, and I was reminded, as you're saying, like Gary Holt and David Davidson, Derek Green from Sepultura did this, and Ooh. now Sepultura is breaking up. Is it related? Who can say? But yes, this is this is the cause of Sepultura breaking up. This this was the final straw. After 40 years, I went, okay, we can't do this anymore. Uh, I blame the Shredders for this, of course. Um, yeah, lots of people uh, signed their good names up for this, which is the most, I think, cynical thing I've ever seen. It's it's really tough uh, to like you know quantify that, but uh, this this is so much more crass and cynical than even like the Frostbite Orc Kings, the other fake AI band. I'm glad you mentioned the Frostbite Orc Kings because someone else pointed out on Twitter a few days ago, and I had to see this myself on Facebook uh, on their Facebook page. They're posting, you know, here's a new song or whatever they're trying to advertise, and in the comments. Uh, if people remember, these band members all had like goofy names, like you know, Vlav Floor, Jorgen Nuts. Yeah, they created Facebook pages for these fake characters who are responding to the fake band's posts. This kind of set me down a rabbit hole where you know, Facebook engagement uh, across the board, unless you run like a you know, a page for like uh, uh, NFL memes or whatever, like <laughs> nobody sees these, nobody interacts with these. You kind of have to game the system. So what they're doing here is replying to themselves, replying to their own posts. Uh, the one guy that seems to not be a uh, profile created specifically for the band, which is, which is clearly just an uh, a sock puppet account to be their one fan, I guess. Uh, replies to everything and the band replies to him it's uh really pathetic to be honest with you man the human centipede and it's just the guy from van Canta sitting at his desk with like three phones in front of him just typing up different things to himself. i mean yeah did you ever see like uh the uh, indian like engagement farms where people just have dozens and dozens of cell phones hooked up in front of them where they're all trying to game whatever system that's set up in front of them that's what it is with this it's except it's more pathetic and it's not working <laughs> and it's just in our face because it's heavy metal yeah um so i mean again we were told about the relative popularity of this by press releases and again you get down to brass tacks it's a, these guys replying to themselves there's nothing to this this will never go anywhere but it so, sure is getting the buy in a lot of press but i'm not buying it you well it's providing content for us for free so we win oh yeah that's true we are we are the ultimate winners of the generation of music cool <laughs> Uh, well, surely there's better news to talk about here. Uh, this when the we're we're celebrating the the Yule tide and uh, the winter solstice and all of these things, right? Yeah, it's a a present we've given to other people, and now it gets put back on us. Don't your escape plan are coming back together? We called it years ago. Uh, we we've been calling it, I would say. <laughs> Constantly. Everyone listened to us. We were right. Yeah, it's a Dungeon Escape Plan is back with Dimitri and they're playing a couple of shows where they're going to be, I assume, playing Calculating Infinity in its entirety. It's the 25th anniversary. Uh, Initially, one show was announced and everyone understandably 
freaked out and I, I saw someone post like a from I think Portland like I'm looking up how to buy tickets to fly to New York in June for this and I'm just like just wait a day you know they're yeah. going to announce more and sure enough that show sold out so they announced another one that show and that show I fully expect this to either be a tour at some point mm-hmm. or like a festival thing where they're just making money and playing these sorts of things because oh, for sure why not? There's definitely an audience hungry for this out there. So why do why would you do one show? Yeah, man. Uh it sold out immediately three shows in a row at one venue. Like, why would you not do that at every venue at every major city across the nation? Because everybody wants it. Paper gonna be looking real good if you do it. Why not? Everyone's seen the one Dillinger Escape Plan video where the show starts inside like an HMV and he's running across people's heads and our entire generation says, yes, I would like to see that in person. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that guy's not going to be performing with this specific incarnation, but if you like me, like Dimitri's vocals better than guys, there you go. Uh, So I'm looking forward to it when it comes to my city specifically. (laughs) They will definitely be coming to your city. Yes. Uh, well, <clears throat> what do you what do you think? Uh, what's the next thing they're gonna say? Like, uh, due to overwhelming demand, you know, we uh, are you know, it was so gratifying to see all of our fans again. We got you know, we got to get back on the road. We gotta we gotta see the rest of the country. That's what that's what I'm thinking. How about you? Followed by at least an EP. Yeah, probably. Why not? Yeah, they might do a full record. There's money to be made. Uh, certainly, a lot more money to be made with Dillinger Escape Plan than with. Anything you guys are doing outside of that band. Just, it is the way it is. I'm sorry, fellas. (laughs) Yeah, make money off the name and you're giving people something they haven't seen in 20 plus years. Yep. I support it uh, in terms of cash grabs. Anyway, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Would you go see them if they come to Rhode Island? Uh, No, I'm just not the uh, particularly big Dillinger Escape Plan and I've seen them before. Um. And like I, I was kind of thinking about this after this announcement came out. Like I've just been tangentially around the band in one way or another multiple times throughout my life unintentionally. Hmm. Like one year at Warp Tour when I was with uh, our friend Ron, Ron Verode, um, we just randomly ran into Ben Weinman and like hung out with him for most of the day. Like he was just walking around. Ron's like, "Hey Ben from Dillinger, what's going on?" And you're like. <laughs> watch different bands i think we watched darkest hour together and just kind of hung around uh for some other tour um i ended up on their tour bus just hanging out because i was friendly with one of their guitar techs so it's kind of this weird intersecting 20 different stories of springfield thing with the band for someone who i don't dislike them i've just never been super into them um and besides these shows are all going to sell out anyway so everyone else should have a chance to enjoy it fair that's fair and I don't want to catch like a guitar to the back of the head because they, they even in their older age, I'm sure are going to be playing very aggressively. Yeah, they tend to they tend to do that. No, I the, the one time I saw Dillinger Escape Plan, I uh, my uh, uh, awful ex was just uh, trying to fight with me the entire time. So that was not, it was not not a good time. I'm looking forward to seeing them under better conditions. <laughs> well, if you're gonna fight at a show, that's the show to do it at. I guess so. I guess so. Um. All right, so we are doing something kind of special on this episode, right? It is the holiday episode. It's the one of the best shows of the year. 
we should we should get right into that. What are we gonna do? Uh, well, good friends of ours have sent us gifts, and I think we should open them. Uh, I like that idea. Do uh, do you want to do the thing? Sure, I will do the thing. Our good, sweet children, Taylor and Nikita, have sent us a gift, and they are our favorite children. Uh, That all is true. of you, all of you, come in second. We are sending them to college, while the rest of you have to work in the mines and the acid pits, because they send us nice gifts. Uh, you and notice that the rest of you didn't just uh, yeah. just just our friends Taylor and Nikita. You know, we work hard, we slave over a hot stove making this show for you, and this is the thanks we get. Well, that's why they're our favorite. And last year, they sent uh, me a gift where it was in a hot pink envelope, and uh, it was advertising hair extensions. <laughs> and I didn't get hair extensions. And this Damn. year, it's just a U.S. Postal Service box. So I think my expectations are a little tempered this year. I'm not expecting to look like a WWE diva. But they could be inside. It could be uh, some hair extensions, some lash extensions. I could be a very fancy boy. I hope so. The USPS did something very uncool with the envelope. Uh, not the envelope, with the box. Just because, uh, you know, they it's priority mailing, so they tape everything up. And then someone wrote on it, postage due. <laughs> <laughs> making making it look like they're cheap or that like i have to give the mailman like five bucks to actually get my package like it was a cod almost <laughs> but the postage due was crossed out so i assume it was a mistake so i will open this bad boy up take that box take that ah! just getting out my aggression for the year yeah your box cutter on you got my uh Cheap five dollar sw switchblade on me. Nice. <laughs> and I have a lovely card <laughs> with just uh on the envelope, the back holding the envelope closed is it says prom queen. And it's <laughs> a stick it's a sticker from Carrie where she's covered in pig's blood. Love that for you. I don't want to rip the sticker. I'm gonna be very careful with this envelope. Got it. We have a lovely card with a wintry scene on it. Jordan, may each moment of the season have a beauty all its own. Thanks for keeping us laughing every week in this horrible hellscape that we live in. Taylor oh. and Nikita. P.S. You will get one hair extension per year until you have a full head. <laughs> that is terribly sweet. And it's not a joke. There's a hair extension here, so I am excited. Oh, hell yeah. Get that bitch on there. It's a lovely blonde hair extension curly, and I just need a few more, and I really could wrestle in the WWE now. And when they fall out, they could try to make it into an angle where it's like, ooh, she, she ripped his hair out, and it's not just like, oh, it came unclipped. <laughs> Tear that so, weave. So we have here a boxed-up classic WWE superstars the Brooklyn Brawler. Ooh. Where he's in his ripped up Brooklyn shirt. He, for some reason, has a baseball bat with barbed wire. I must have missed that episode. His, WW, uh, his uh, ECW turn. <laughs> and uh, he's supposed to be wearing like his hat, but it's a little too big. So it looks like uh, somewhere between like a chef's hat and like a Super Mario Brothers hat. <laughs> but it's looking pretty good on the back. The Brooklyn Brawler, debut 1986, weight 268 pounds, 
height six foot two, finishing move, back suplex, pile driver, swinging neck breaker. Now I wonder if the Brooklyn Brawler ever actually had a finishing move or like, you know, won a match. I'm looking at some of the uh, ring names that he used to go by, aside from the Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, before that, he was the Boston Brawler. Hmm. So he was the, I at least know this, he became the Boston Brawler for one night. It was after the Red Sox won the World Series and they had a show at Madison Square Garden. So he so was he also to, to be a heel. <laughs> uh, he was also at one point the Broad Street Brawler. So doing New York, Boston, and Philadelphia, which is, you know, hmm. Unacceptable. Uh, he was also Abe Knuckleball Schwartz for a bit, too. <laughs> yes, he was, where he, he was the most violent player. It was when the MLB was on strike and Vince McMahon got the bright idea to have an evil baseball playing wrestler and <laughs> his face was painted up like uh, one of the baseball furies and he was an uh, evil wrestling baseball player for like three months and then that quickly fizzled out. Hmm. Can't believe that. Uh, it says here was also at one point Dork the Clown. There's been multiple doinks. Ah, uh, I am Dork. No, I am Dork. Like if you go to your local wrestling event, there's a good chance there may be a doink there because <laughs> it's just someone in clown makeup. And we also have a T-shirt in here, looking very fresh. It is a WrestleMania shirt featuring Macho Man Randy Savage, the Ultimate Warrior. The Heart Foundation, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Jake the Snake Roberts, Roddy Roddy Piper, and Big Boss Man. Let's um, see how many people are dead on this thing. Let's see. Big um, Boss Man's definitely dead. He's uh, dead. Roddy Piper's dead. Macho yeah. Man's dead. Ultimate Warrior's dead. And Half Jim the Heart Lee Foundation. <laughs> yeah. So amazingly still alive, Bret Hart, Brutus Beefcake, and Jake the Snake Roberts. I would have guessed that two out of three of those were dead, actually. I mean, Jake the Snake should be dead, but... He keeps on ticking. It's all that DDPY yoga. Oh, there you go. So thank you very much, Taylor and Nikita. I will enjoy both of these. That is so sweet of them. Uh, I also have something from uh, Taylor and Nikita right now. I'm opening it. I'm seeing um, lots and lots of newspaper. I'm going to check these circulars for deals. Um. <clears throat> This is so good. I have a bumper sticker here that says, I heart being mad on the internet. And I don't know if I've ever been more seen in my life, Jordan. Got your ass. He did, in fact, get my ass. Uh, I have a card here uh, with a Jason for president sticker, sealing it shut, trying to be very careful, as you were. J Jason from Friday the 13th or just that, any old Jason? That would be the Jason, in fact. This okay. lovely winter scene on the uh front here it says joe thinking of you and wishing you a beautiful holiday season here's to another year of getting mad at the internet <laughs> may it one day destroy itself cheers love that um let's see i've got a t-shirt here oh my gosh the t-shirt is wrapping up a bag of shiitake mushroom chips spicy, which is all natural, all vegan, no additives. And I will be eating these in between doing traumas at work. <laughs> oh my God, dude. This t-shirt he got me. Number one, it's a white t-shirt with a uh, ringer, you know, with red, uh, red rings around the sleeves. Those always look nice, underappreciated. 
and it says across the front sports. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Now, when it says sports, is it like the S is a football and the P is a basketball? No, it's just the word sports, but it looks like it's in motion. It's got some speed lines nice. on it. And that is like true. MasterCard. I, fuck, I fucking love sports. That's that's a great gift. Thank you, Nikita. And and Taylor as well. This is beautiful. Uh, I feel I feel very seen uh, by all of these things. Loving sports and loving being mad at the internet. Also vegan treats. It's your three moods. It's it. It is. Um, Jordan, I got you something as well. And I think it would be good if you opened it up right now. Yes, I have a box from you. It's in a fairly decent condition compared to previous years where it looks like the box uh, lost a fight with someone. It's a little beat up, but not too bad. Uh, I do see the massive amount of postage you paid to send this thing. Yeah, I love that. Love spending so much money on postage. It's my favorite. Like enough of this abolish ice stuff. Uh, abolish the post office because that's way too much money to send a box of stuff. I mean, I have great news about the progress <laughs> of abolishing the post office. <laughs> you say that, but man, every time I go, there's lots of people there paying large amounts of money to send things. I mean, have you ever, because I, I used to FedEx you things and that was even more expensive. Um, I got over my my fear of the post office and and started paying their absurd prices instead. Anyway, let's let, let's open this motherfucker. Let's see what we got in here. And you said you don't remember everything that's in here, right? Absolutely not. No, because uh, every year around the holidays, like I am so frazzled, completely fried by everything going on in life. So I'm like, I got to get things for Jordan. And then I do not think I just do. <laughs> I'm just going to find like important medicine for your loved ones in here. Yeah, it's possible. We'll, we'll find your out. house. <laughs> well, the feral cat that's been hanging out on my porch. It's moving around a little bit. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, what do you got? Still opening this thing. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I have lovely purple uh, wrapping paper. Mm. I will fold this and keep on keep it with me forever, lovingly. Good. I have a black t-shirt, a Roswell, New Mexico t-shirt with an alien family and a little alien baby, and alien writing. Do you know what the alien writing says? Uh, blood incantation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it said hypocrisy. <laughs> it is a very nice shirt, I assume, from your trip to Roswell, New Mexico. It is. I stopped in an antique store that had original stock alien tees from the 90s and early 2000s. I was like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> and this shirt says Star Child, which makes me hope that uh, Paul Stanley's getting a little piece of the action for this. <laughs> you know he's getting his beak wet. <laughs> so at like Roswell, did you do they have tours or is it just? Oh, like, yeah, the shops? town. The town is nothing but a tourist trap. There's like five different bullshit museums you can go to. But that's what you want when you go to a place like that. Like sure. You don't want the real deal. You want like kitschy and, the, you know, a magnet shaped like a spaceship and things like that. So yeah, like, Roswell was kind of dying for a while. But now that weed is legal in New Mexico, like really is kind of having an, another renaissance right now. 
It's like the meme of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Apollo Creed shaking hands, weed and Roswell. <laughs> weed and aliens shaking hands. Absolutely. It's a, it's a tourist trap. Don't go there unless like it's the only place nearby, but like it's still fun. It's kind of fun. I guess if you go in knowing that it's a tourist trap, it's it's fun and you don't feel like ripped off or yeah. wasted your time. Yeah, for sure. Keeping up with the 90s theme, and this is actually extremely important because you can't watch this like outside of YouTube or various other places because for whatever reason, it's not on Max or HBO Max. The complete second season of Tales from the Crypt. I tried, like I went into an antique store and I saw that. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> this is an antique. <laughs> I was like, I... Because I have HBO Max or whatever they call it now, and they don't, yeah, like you said, they don't have that shit, and they likely never will have that shit. It's like one of the first things I looked up when I got HBO Max. It's like, really? It's not here? And it was on YouTube for a long time, and like, it, you know, gets taken down, come up, gets taken down. But uh, I will actually watch this. This is very important. That's on one of back. those. Okay. That was one of those things I was like, oh, wait, this is actually something that he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, fiends, back for more dead time stories. Mm -hmm. Then settle in with these devious diamonds and diabolical delight. All 18 uncut but variously stabbed, electrovolted, haunted, twisted, incarcerated, incarnated, voodooized, and even vampirized episodes from two rific season two of Tales from the Crypt. The Crypt Keeper is, again, your gleefully macabre host, for the Freight Fest of classic EC comic stories involving a for-the-money honey, to me more, hoping for a big fat inheritance, a cartoonist, Harry Anderson, whose creations come to life and death, a ventriloquist, Don Rickles, oh, that sounds like a fun one. Oh, fuck yeah. And an idolizing wannabe, Bobcat Goldthwait. I've actually seen that one before. <laughs> that is a good one. And poker players for whom a losing hand could mean exactly that. Ante up for these and more tales. We think you'll agree. They're absolute monster pieces. Now, when I was a little kid, I was afraid of Tales from the Crypt. He's, the Crypt Keeper is terrifying. Terrifying. And now it's, you know, fun. And then you get the jokes and it's not... Some of the episodes are creepy or scary. Yeah. And some of them are fun. Like, I remember seeing... I didn't know it was Tales from the Crypt because it was on, like, Sci-Fi Channel. When I was in maybe middle school, it's the episode where it's a serial killer and axe murderer dressed up as santa claus trying to get into a woman's house and her kid's like oh it's santa claus come on up santa and it's like opening the door for him that was pretty scary yeah but, but now watching it, it's like oh this is silly yeah i mean I, I, that's that's the thing though like uh that's why we need more horror for children specifically it's important to scare children so that they grow to appreciate this stuff in the future they had a crypt keeper cartoon that was on saturday mornings i remember that what else we have? We have another T-shirt, white. Another one, classic. Oh, it's folded very nicely. This one's kind of, kind of weird. <laughs> the decline of Western civilization, part two: the metal years. It's more than music; it's a way of life. A Penelope Spears film, and it has uh, hickory smoked bacon, a breakfast lovingly made, and orange juice spilled all over the counter by shaky hands, not Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, that is by an awesome artist who uh, stages 
very loving photo shoots uh, to, you know, represent his his love for various pop cultural things. So he built that scene, I assume, on his kitchen counter <laughs> to to represent Ozzy's shaky breakfast. Now, this is uh, an XL and this is where like sizing problems like, don't get me wrong. Women have it way, way worse when it comes to sizing for clothes. But for men, it's like large, which may be a large or maybe like a medium mm -hmm. and XL, which it could be a large or it could be a tent. And this <laughs> looks like it's a tent. Oh, no, <laughs> it's gigantic. But you can, uh, you know, shrink things and we'll make it work. Make it work, I guess. Damn. But uh, I, I just saw that and I was like, I need to commemorate, uh, you know, that the, the, the thing that you ruined for me, that you told me that Penelope Spheres faked. <laughs> and it has the biggest tag on a shirt I've ever seen. Secret yeah. instruction book. Wash, cold, and dry low, printed in Austin, Texas. Yeah, I think you got to do the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, I got to I gotta burn it and cook it in... Uh, microwave <laughs> we have here a double bag special 6.99 of arizona jacks the branded jerky that's and not a double bag that's a single bag it's just the biggest fucking piece of jerky i've ever seen in my life beef jerky super giga teriyaki yeah why is this bag so big <laughs> i don't know i saw it at the grocery store and it i found it captivating <laughs> Surprise it's not gas station jerky. Uh I don't know what makes it giga or branded or anything like that. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't really eat that kind of thing, but I saw it and I was like, I have to buy it. Arizona Jack's beef jerky. Thank you for purchasing Arizona Jack's beef jerky. Uh they left out some of the apostrophes on <laughs> these. Arizona Jack's uses only premium cuts of lean beef, marinated in our special blend of spices and herbs to deliver that. Really, really good taste. <laughs> not great taste, not amazing taste, just really, really, really good. You know, six out of ten, six and a half out of ten. Uh, how big would you estimate this chunk of beef jerky is? The Maybe the size of like a good pancake at your local diner. <laughs> It's uh, it's large. It's gigantic. It's like, the, the bags are way too big. You could easily put these pieces in one container. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything is bigger in Texas, et cetera, et cetera. And Arizona, I guess. Surprisingly, the sodium isn't too bad for this, considering it's beef jerky. Hmm. Interesting. My body won't vibrate through the walls after eating it. I mean, hopefully not, but... And won't start breathing heavily after walking up uh, a couple of stairs. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe don't eat it all in one sitting. Ooh, we have on VHS, which is good because they have a VHS player. Bella Lugosi in White Zombie. White Zombie. This is one of the most interesting and haunting of all horror films. An American girl arrives in Haiti to join her fiance. She attracts the attention of a wealthy planter who conspires with the ghostly, the island's notorious zombie master, to gain control over the girl. Historians of horror films rank this film as one of the best ever. A very eerie horror film with Lugosi at, with Lugosi at his chilling best, 1932. And you get to see his eyes and eyebrows a whole bunch. This was the first film that ever used the word zombie anywhere mm -hmm. in it. Um, 
and I've never seen a physical copy of it anywhere. So I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I yeah, got to buy is, this. This is real dead stock. And <laughs> I like the cover because it's not from the movie. It's a drawing that looks like it would be from, I don't know, like 70s Sesame Street, The Count. <laughs> There's something in there in the tagline. It's about like uh, they thought that they could do zombies all they want till they did it to a white girl. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Different From time. 1986. That copy is 86. That's wild. Yeah. But again, 50 years after it was made. That's so crazy. Well, that was the golden era of horror movies and home video. Hmm. That's true. Uh, yeah, just one of those things like. I wasn't even sure if you had a VHS player. I was like, man, just for the sake of like posterity, I feel like you have to have a copy of that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, when I cleaned out my dad's house, uh, I he had a relatively new VHS player, so I took that and just like a handful of VHSs that we still had. Nice. And I briefly looked like on eBay. I'm like, oh, this will be fun. Let me see if I can just get a bunch of stuff. And of course, everything's like hundreds of dollars. It's what? like, no, I just want to watch the movies. Is that like a? Is VHS shit like the new vinyl now? For like horror movies. It gotcha. Is. Gotcha. For certain things. Like, you know, just your average, whatever, a history of violence on VHS. That's, you know, <laughs> pennies. But for like anything like fun 80s, lesser known stuff, you just watched it on Tubi. Gotcha. No, definitely. That makes sense. And we also have here comic art propaganda. Ooh, this looks fun. A graphic history. And it does look very graphic. <laughs> As one of the most powerful forms of communication, comic books have long been appropriated by governments. Hell yeah. Self-interest groups, do-gooders, and sundry sinister organizations help spread their messages. From racial stereotyping at the start of the 20th century to the explosion of colorfully costumed heroes knocking the stuffing out of Hitler. Hell yeah. During World War II, comics and comic art have frequently been used to communicate propagandist ideas, whether intentionally or not. This book examines how positive or pernicious, good word, Messages have been conveyed in comic books over the last hundred years, looking at racism and xenophobia, anti and pro-drug comics, as well as religion, social programming, gender roles, and politics. Comic art propaganda is a fascinating global visual history of some of the most contentious, outrageous, unusual, and politically charged comics ever published. That was one of those I forgot that I bought. <laughs> oh, I'm going to enjoy reading this. There's, this is a thick book. And it looks like there's a lot of interesting, fun things going on here. And once this is done, I can read a bunch of uh, original Zap comics or Crumb stuff that I have. <laughs> I I love the R Crumb stuff. It's a little problematic nowadays, I would say. <laughs> oh, it's extremely problematic. But I actually have, like, my mom collected them when That's they released. Wild. So I have like zero, one, two, three, four. So did you ever see uh, the documentary about him? I saw the documentary and um, American Splendor. Hell yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Super weird guy. Very, very well. He he loved big asses. You got to give him credit <laughs> for that. <laughs> you know, you got to follow your heart sometimes. I agree. <clears throat> and at the bottom of the box, very heavy, which is probably why this costs so much to ship. <laughs> the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, Ominous Omnibus, Volume 1. And this is a giant book with a heavy i don't know, actually know what you call these uh, i think it's a dust cover or something like that this is it no dust getting in here this thing is thick and it is is this from all the comics yeah this is it the is. treehouse of horror like treehouse of horror collected comics from the 90s up to i think 
the early 2000s in that one. Yeah. Oh, there's, I'm flipping through it. There's all sorts of like different art styles. There's like Lord of the Rings references. I just turned to a page and it has Lemmy on it. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? I used to get the Simpsons comics too. Like, I think I have one, two, three, four, somewhere around there. I know I have Bartman number one with a, a 90s foil cover on it. Oh, yeah. I think I had that one too, man. <laughs> man, some of the art is demented in this just because they have all sorts of different artists. So it's like yeah, rip off Simpsons. <laughs> the original run of like Bongo comics in like the early 90s, not so great. <laughs> they, they they definitely got a little bit better going there. Yeah, well, this is they're like specifically having different artists do stuff, but it's like when you look at something you know, but it's slightly different, and your brain like can't fire on all cylinders. <laughs> it's like I know I'm looking at the Simpsons, but they're shaped weird, and it makes me have feelings, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is very cool. I don't think I've uh, read any of these, so. I will have lots to do between this and the propaganda book. Thank you very much. These are very nice gifts. You're welcome. Um, there is one other silly thing. It's somewhere in there, uh, but it uh, if it got lost, that's, that's definitely probably for the best. <laughs> Perfect. This is a state stuff souvenirs. Collect them all. So there might be a Rhode Island one of these, <laughs> possibly in the same shape. <laughs> A, a bottle opener with the in the shape of a handgun with the word Texas on it. <laughs> I felt like it was the most accurate representation of my state that I've ever seen. No lies detected. <laughs> uh, so, you know, um, if you ever come across glass bottles of Fago, you can use that to pop them open. And even better, on the tag, it says Made in China. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, also, also, even better. Warning, cancer and reproductive harm. Love it. That's that's Texas for you. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, Jordan, I don't know if you saw the uh, the big news on the Internet uh, over the last couple of weeks here about uh, folks getting their their purchases shared online. Have you, have you seen this? It really is a gift for everyone listening to this episode because there was an article on Vice, which I didn't know still existed. I thought it was surely dead. The names of thousands of neo-Nazi music fans just got leaked. Huh. How did this happen? For years, if a white supremacist wanted to get their hands on select neo-Nazi music, one of their likely stops would be Midgard, a Scandinavian online shop specializing in racist tunes. While the site offered a wide range of neo-Nazi music, clothing, and paraphernalia, its customers learned last week one thing they didn't offer was InfoSec. This See. tough lesson was taught by AFA Sweden, a group of Stockholm-based anti-fascists who ruined thousands of site customers' holidays by releasing Midgard's customer register. There are literally thousands of names on this list. It's in, it, like it, There's a full database you can search through. Yeah, you can go to midgard.antifa.se and uh, let's see here. There's a little write-up explaining about what was going on. Midgard is one of the largest online stores in the Nordic region for white power music and merchandise. Since the 1990s, Midgard had played a significant role in the Nazi movement in Sweden, serving as an infrastructure for the movement. 
Over the years, Midgard has actively participated in and financially supported several Nazi organizations, as well as being precinct at internal events. Midgard operates from Allingsas. The publishing company behind Midgard is Ringhorn AB, owned by Martin Flynnfors and Martin Engelin. Both hmm. have connections to the Nordic resistance movement, where Engelin continues to be one of the organization's more prominent members. Just as we have previously obtained and published customer information from Cambodian in 2016, Midgard in 2017, White United Shop in 2020, and Green Pilled in 2023, we can now also share Midgard's customer register from 2017 to 2022. The register includes approximately 20,000 orders from customers across the world. Wild. For some time, we have processed the Swedish part of the register, which contains about 2,500 unique customers. All these customers have actively chosen to financially support the Nazi movement in Sweden by ordering from Midgard. Due to the extensive of the register, we have chosen to place it on this external page, which features that make it easily searchable. We want a register. We want the register to be a resource for anyone who wants to investigate and attack the Nazi movement. With this publication, we want to show that one can never be anonymous when choosing to support the Nazi movement. We will always find you. It's only a matter of time. That does seem like they got their asses here. Um, one of the notable names I saw on the database here was one Jeff Whitehead. Do you remember Jeff Whitehead and his incredible redemption story thanks to Decibel? <laughs> Didn't he have like a front page cover story? With his child. Yeah, right. like it was supposed to be like, I'm a good, nice man who didn't abuse his ex write an album called true traitor true whore about her and also apparently uh, in between doing this leviathan stuff buy a whole bunch of nsbm uh really real piece of work that guy i would say and people can go to this like i said midgard.antiva.se and click on the register button and you could use the search function to look up your town towns near you Maybe some names of band members that you may think have purchased some sorts of things. Like I looked up uh, Providence just for the heck of it. And only one name came up, but 30 purchases, 40 purchases from this person where I have their email address, their phone number, and their mailing address and what they ordered. So if I felt like it conceivably... I could print all this out, go to his neighborhood and mail it to all of his neighbors. Was this the guy that uh, made a bunch of money in crypto and then got arrested by the FBI? No, this was a different person. Okay. (laughs) And I was just looking up uh, other towns around and uh, a name came up that sounded familiar. And this person was arrested for uh, posting Adolf Hitler stickers and pro-Nazi flyers in town. Wow. So these are the people who are buying stuff. It's not just because they like the riffs. They are true and tried believers who love this stuff and surround them stuff with all sorts of awful, awful things. It's kind of fun, kind of neat. Uh, you know, you can find, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of cool things, including uh, whatever Brett's real name is from Death Metal Underground, his address in Houston. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, a fun time. If you got uh, some spare time, feel free to look up area codes addresses names phone numbers you get all sorts of stuff on here and you can find out that these people live in your neighborhood you may even live near one and do with this information what you will 
I would probably cross-reference it with the, uh, you know, uh, sex, uh, <laughs> sex crime registry as well. I'm sure that there's a fair amount of overlap. Not allowed within 500 feet of any school. Or a decent riff. Um, that's an incredible gift. It's an incredible gift to us all. But uh, there's not just that. You also got me an incredible gift here. Yes. I mean, I assume. I, I haven't actually opened this, so I don't know. I mean, I, I could certainly hope they're incredible gifts. I, I You know, I'm sure they are. You've always given me uh, strange and wonderful things. Um, this is this is the most fun I have during the year is to find goofy things to send you so to hear the delight in your voice. So take your time. Cause I think last year you almost threw out some stuff. Well, I, I, I will tell you, Jordan, I, one of, one of the most incredible gifts you, you gave me, um, I got to, I got to use it this year. Uh, I went to a Rangers game wearing my rich Texans baseball Jersey. <laughs> How'd that go? Anyone comment on it? So my friend that I went with, maybe about two hours into the game, he looks over, he's like, oh, dude, your jersey's awesome. I'm like, you are so stupid. <laughs> he was just so focused on the game, he couldn't possibly look anywhere else. Like we were like having beers in the parking lot an hour before the game. He never noticed it once. There's a huge yellow cartoon guy on the front of it. <laughs> well, he got it eventually. He got it eventually. You have two boxes here, and I'm going to be very, very gentle opening these. Uh, this is the smaller of the two right here, um, and it appears to be something that may or may not be very fragile. Yes, it is. Oh my fucking god, dude. This is real Italian style with old world charm, 100% all natural, the mayor's own marinara sauce with former mayor Vincent A. Cianci Jr. Now, would you like to tell the folks out there a little bit about Vincent Cianci or however you pronounce it? Cianci. Cianci. He was the mayor of Providence multiple times. Originally started out as like an anti-crime, you know, uh, do-gooder. Mm -hmm. And if you go to his Wikipedia page, oh, yeah. there's quite, quite an extensive list of things that he's done, but... Here's Operation Plunder Dome, which is not a good thing to have when an operation is involved with uh, your life. Cianci was indicted in April 2001 on federal criminal charges of racketeering, conspiracy, extortion, witness tampering, and mail fraud. Several other Providence City officials were also indicted. Judge Ronald R. Legault said of the case, clearly there is a feeling in city government in Providence that corruption is tolerated. In this mayor's two administrations, there has been more corruption in the city of Providence than in the history of this state. Much of Let the me... trial was focused around a videotape showing top CNC aide, director of administration, Frank A. Corrente, taking a bribe. NBC reporter Jim Tar Taracani aired the tape on local television station WJR, and he was sentenced to six months of house arrest, refusing to reveal his sources to the court. CNC did not maintain a low profile after the indictment, but poked fun at the investigation, codenamed Operation Plunderdome. Nine people, including CNC, were convicted in the trials, which were presided over by Judge Ernest Torres. CNC was acquitted of 26 of the 27 charges, including bribery, extortion, and mail fraud, but he was found guilty of racketeering conspiracy running a criminal enterprise. In so, September 2000, go ahead. Is, I might be remembering this wrong. But I believe Buddy Cianci was also caught on some kind of tape beating the shit out of a restrained man. Uh, yes, he had a state trooper hold a man down while he beat him with a log. Incredible. I didn't uh, I didn't know that uh, 
Okay, let me ask you this question. Uh, he's obviously like a corrupt, maybe kind of evil guy, also possibly mobbed up, right? Yes. Um, it says here on the jar, since the early 90s, sales of this sauce have helped hundreds of Providence school children attend college. Um, the quote here underneath says, a great marinara is like a great city. It's exciting, good for you, includes a little bit of everything. This is a great sauce and a great cause. Buon appetito, Vincent A. Buddy Cianci Jr. So uh, is this a popular sauce? And he is, is he still a popular man in uh, Rhode Island? Well, he's dead. Oh, okay. So that's part of the reason why I didn't feel bad getting this because he's not getting in any of the money. Um, kind of like weirdly popular. I mean, just the multiple corruptions and the, you know, beating someone with a log and burning them with a cigarette. Uh, he's one of those like, Rudy Giuliani figures where people go, well, he was corrupt, but he cleaned up the city like one ah, of those things. Gotcha. So people are just like, well, he built the mall that everyone goes to and you know, the streets were slightly cleaner and there was less crime from the average person. So uh, he actually ran again from there um, maybe 15 years ago. He lost, thankfully, but uh, it was just, there was a real chance that he could have won. So it's just one of those yeah, I'm corrupt. Don't you love me? And people go, yay. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, for one, I'm looking forward to trying this, uh, this Buddy Cianci uh, marinara sauce. I mean, it's got, uh, I'm looking at the ingredients here. It looks pretty good, man. So there's your reactionary gift for the year. Uh, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, but this one is, a, you know, I, I feel less weird about this one than I do say the, uh, you know, the terrorist playing cards that you gave me from the Gulf War. <laughs> Well, that's because you could use the sauce and then get rid of the jar and no one will know. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to imagine a guest coming over to my house and trying to explain who the fuck is Buddy Cianci? Well, you know, do you know anything about Rhode Island politics? And all of us are like, no, we're idiot Texans. Why would we know that? Um, That is very exciting. I have a second box here. A, a, sir, a second box has hit the Joe's address. Uh, it's much it's much larger here. And I feel like it's filled with secrets. Yes, take your time. Okay. I am placing my tactical keys down on my desk now that I have successfully tactically penetrated the tape barrier. Nice. Oh my God. I have a, <laughs> I have a bag of shiitake mushroom chips spicy <laughs> from Mush Garden. These are the all natural vegan, no additives. Would it shock you, Jordan, that this is the exact same box that I got from uh, Nikita and Taylor? <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. I fucking love these things. They're good. They're not like good for you, but they're good. <laughs> um. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, number one, I have a variety of little chibi cartoon stickers of you and me, and they are so fucking cute. The one of me that's so mad is so delightful. Everyone seems to like that one the most. I think that getting what I'm getting from people is that I get mad on the internet a lot. <laughs> it's an accurate portrayal. Uh, these are so cute. You should get some yourself, listener. Send me an email to worldofhelpgmail.com. This thing underneath it, I did not even know existed, and I'm so glad to have now. This is uh, from Decibel's Flexi series, the little Flexi 7-inch uh, records. Uh, Mammoth Grinder, one of the best bands to ever exist, in my opinion. Their Flexi of Lunar Mass. Dude, I didn't even know that they put this out. 
I, I get a little mammy grindy for you. I got the I honestly think that I now have everything that Mammoth Grinder has ever released, like on every format. So I don't know if you realize this, you completed the collection. <laughs> so you're saying I complete you? You completed me. This is so cool, dude. I uh oh my god, I got I gotta I gotta put this in a safe place. Now do Our... flexi discs sound as good as just like regular vinyl? They sound a little crappy. Mm. But that that's part of the charm. Like that's it's meant to be like a super super cheap thing to print like it used to be that political speeches were printed on these things uh, i have like a couple of lbj speeches on flexi disc <laughs> so you what know. you're saying is for next year i need to get you a barry goldwater flexi disc <laughs> hell yeah brother uh for the weird reactionary gift that would be perfect um right underneath the mammoth grinder we have another essential piece of vinyl which is uh the full lp release here in my heart my beloved country singer Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, I know exactly who that's going to. Uh, he is wearing an extremely badass cowboy hat with a huge turkey feather on the front, which I've always wanted one of these, to be honest with you. Um, this was put uh, released in 1981 on a, an album uh, on a record label I've never heard of. Have you ever heard of Heartwarming Records? No, but it does sound very heartwarming. That's got to be like a vanity press specifically for idiot star college football players, right? Turned idiot pro football legends, turn idiot pro football commentators. Every week, I watch more and more of Terry Bradshaw's brain slide out of his ears trying to describe what the fuck ever happened in a game that he was halfway watching. Um, he's the cognitive decline is is real. I don't know. Well, if I he think he does that. have a lot of health problems. That's fair. So, uh, according to Discogs, Heartwarming Records is like a gospel record label. This does not appear to be a gospel record. Uh, the songs here are "Here in My Heart," "Lay Them Down," "The Middle of the Night." Uh, he oh, this last one actually, yeah, this is a Jesus song. He's the man I'm looking for. I assume that's about, uh, you know, uh, Jesus and not say Lynn Swan. <laughs> he has a number of songs and albums out there, apparently. I've, you know, I, I've never heard anybody talk about his uh, his singing career. We got to give this a listen, see if it's any good. His LP, I'm So Lonesome, I Could Cry. I mean, I didn't realize that he wrote that one. I thought that was a Hank Williams, but you know, Terry Bradshaw's the greatest. <laughs> I'm so lonesome. I could cry absent, slowly making plans, a world I can't live in, four walls. The last word in lonesome is me. Less and less. Here comes my baby back again, burning bridges. Take these chains from my heart. Wow. Recorded in Nashville. Prolific as hell, man. I can't wait for the Howie Long gangster rap album to come out. Uh, I recently watched the director's cut of That Thing You Do. We've talked about That Thing You Do before. It's one of my favorite movies. But the director's cut is essential because it Terry uh, because Howie Long plays Tom Hanks' gay lover in 1960s like uh, pop music world. It's incredible. It's the, the most range I've ever seen out of Howie Long. <laughs> it was either that or the movie where he was a firefighter. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that one, man. Fire down uh, below, maybe? That's the one. Yeah. Wooden backdrop. Dude, uh, underneath the Terry Bradshaw, I have a box of Joiva gel rings, chocolate-covered gel rings. 
you've given me these before, and I gotta say, this uh, this is a traditional Jewish treat, right? Uh, it's a kosher candy. It's typically sent around Passover time. It's just a little like jelly ring surrounded by chocolate. And for whatever reason, and I think the reason is it's a Jewish thing, so we could sell it now. It was available for Rosh Hashanah around here. Ah. So you get something at this point in the year, even though it's not Passover yet. It's well, it's I can't describe it, man. It's like these are like little um, soft lifesavers covered in chocolate and the combo shouldn't be good. And to be honest, it like kind of isn't. But it's also like really addicting. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's. Passover food has gotten better like over the past 10 to 15 years, uh, but the jelly rings have been around forever. And like you said, it's not very good, but they're fairly small. And just like, well, I could have two or three and maybe I can put a couple on my fingers and have little witchy ring hands and then they're all gone. Yeah, no, last time I definitely ate half the box in one sitting. And I was like, what have what have I done? <laughs> this, this is a disaster. I'm so disgusting. <laughs> Uh, right underneath the box of Jello rings, I've got another Jewish treat, which is a cassette of Gizem's Military Affairs Neurotic, uh, which is a record we talked about this year on the show, recently reissued by Relapse. It whips so much ass, and I'm so glad you bought this for me because I didn't think to buy it when it was on sale. <laughs> I was worried. I was just like, I got, I got to send it now. I can't wait till next year. He has to get it now because he might buy it. Uh, I did not, but I really appreciate that. I have uh, in my office here set up uh, the most advanced cassette setup that a man has had since I think probably 1988. Uh, so this is going to be blasted on very large speakers here shortly. <laughs> You're not going to drive around in your car playing it? Uh, my car, unfortunately, is too new uh, to have a cassette player, but it is just old enough to have an appropriate player for this other gift you gave me, which is the original CD release, music from the motion picture, Judgment Night. Featuring the classic rapping and rocking pairs of Helmet and House of Pain, Living Color and DMC, Faith No More and Booyah Tribe. That one actually whips ass. Another body murder. That one's so good. Um, everyone knows the Biohazard and Onyx combo. Slayer and Ice T, Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill, Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill, and of course Dinosaur Jr. featuring Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. For the children out there that aren't aware of that, this doesn't exist for some reason. This is absolute seminal record in the history of new metal. It's so fucking good, dude. I think uh, this year is like an anniversary of that soundtrack, so even more appropriate that you have the original pressing. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm so stoked on this because I've had the same four CDs in my five CD disc changer in my truck. So it's time to put this one in here and, uh, and really mix it up a little bit. You've been saving that coveted one extra space for a moment like this. Honestly, I put a bunch of, uh, promos that, uh, shitty black metal bands, uh, sent us in there and I was like, oh, this one sucks. I'm going to switch to the next one. Oh, this one sucks. Uh, I'm going to switch. So I'm just going to take those out and put this one in here. It'll be, that'll, that's all I need. <laughs> Yeah, you can include some of those in the t-shirts that you send as little bonuses for people. There we go. Here, you throw this out. <laughs> yeah, it's your it's your problem now. Uh, <laughs> I have two sets of trading cards, including 1990 Score Series 1 NFL Football, Special Young Superstars Glossy Set, Player Cards and Trivia Cards. Includes 16 player cards in one, 
Magic Motion trivia card per pack. Uh, this was put out by Amural Products Company, Grand Prairie, Texas, 1990, right down the road. So you can show up at their door and ask for a refund. Let's let's open these motherfuckers up. Let's see who we got in here. Ooh. Okay, we're off to a rough start here. You like the, John Kitna? Uh, it, hey, dude, he's he's yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a he's a science teacher now. Uh, we have for the Detroit Lions, Jim Arnold, number six punter. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, we also have Tim Green, number 99, the outside linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons. Inside linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, Vaughn Johnson. You you heard of any of those yet? No, not yet. Uh, ooh, we got a quarterback card for the San Diego Chargers. We got Billy Joe Tolliver mm. uh, playing. He was from Texas Tech. I can't say I've heard of this guy before. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, a rookie card. Uh, 1990 rookie Reggie Rimbert, wide receiver from West Virginia. Uh, originally from Okeechobee, Florida. You know? No. <laughs> uh, Green Bay's uh, offensive tackle, Tony Mandarich. Uh, a man who is probably about 23 years old in this picture, but looks significantly older than anyone I know. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that a funny thing about older times? Uh, everyone just, you know, the people that are our age back then looked like they were in their 60s. I, I don't know what it was. I just feel like Tony Mandrich was about a three-pack-a-day smoker. Yeah, gone are the days of smoking on the sidelines. Um, From the Washington Boop, the team that no longer exists, uh, we have Gerald Riggs running back. Jeez, are there any real players in this pack? I mean, these were all, ooh. Uh, defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings, Chris Dolman. Nope. Uh, the most Bears player I've ever seen in my life, uh, Jim Covert, offensive tackle. This guy's a dead ringer for current Mike Ditka. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big ham head and a mustache. That's it. That's it, exactly. Uh, for the LA Rams, Henry Ellard, wide receiver from Fresno State. His, his stats are a little un, uh, uninspiring on here, to be honest with you. Uh, ooh, strong safety for the Lions. Benny Blades. Good name. Great name. Uh, center for the Dolphins, Jeff Ulenhockey. Good name. This is the most Midwestern man I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, ooh, we got center for the Colts, Ray Donaldson. Jeez, it's... I thought maybe you'd get a Dan Marino or an Elway or something. Well, you got to keep buying packs of cards so you get, you know, get a player that you remember. Uh, yes, because there's someone out there that wants an Ulanaki card. It's a rookie Ulanak. Um For the Indiana Indianapolis Colts, Dwayne Bickett, outside linebacker. Uh, fullback for the back Packers, Brent Fullwood. You, you know Brent Fullwood? No. Uh, San Diego's charger, Billy Ray Smith, outside linebacker. He has a glorious mullet for what it's worth here. No, that's something. Uh, ooh, and we get another punter. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I, I don't blame you. I blame Amural Products Company. 
Yeah, scored. all the good players went to Tops and Fleer. That's why you're getting all centers and punters. That's got to be it. I also have some Tops here. Uh, original uh, pack of Who Framed Roger Rabbit cards featuring a special sticker inside. Ooh, and I think there's gum. Dare I dare I eat the 30-year-old eat gum? Eat it, eat oh, it. Oh, man. All right, it is harder than... All right, let me try a little bit here. Don't cut your cheek on it. Oh, <laughs> oh, man, that's so... Oh. Wash it down with some corrupt businessman Italian sauce. Oh, God. I regret this. I'm going to spit this out, dude. Don't eat the 30-year-old gum. That's bad. Oh, fuck. It just... the app, Fuck, the aftertaste, man. Oh. Okay. Uh, I got a card here that is... <laughs> uh, Bob Hoskins uh, choking the shit out of uh, Roger Raj Roger Rabbit. <laughs> uh, you can't do that in a movie nowadays because of woke. Uh, you have uh, oh my god into the dip rabbit. Uh, Roger getting dunked into the ink. Uh, ooh, I'm gonna, you know hold on to this one. This is uh, the star attraction. It would be one Jessica Rabbit. Uh, which is, I think, the reason why this movie was so successful, right? It definitely was a, a certain awakening for the viewing audience. And uh, I don't know, maybe made us all into horny cartoon people that we are now. Uh, we have uh, <laughs> Baby Herman uh, falling off the refrigerator trying to uh, sneak some cookies. Uh, this one card, which appears to be a panel that was supposed to be a part of a larger uh, work of art. I cannot tell anything that's happening in this one. Um, Eddie Valiant uh, seeing uh, Jessica Rabbit and getting extremely horned up. Uh, Eddie Rabbit taking a desperate fall from the uh, the, the skyline. Uh, a close-up on the dip cannon spraying in the direction of Roger. <laughs> <laughs> they they love the dip cannon. Oh, and uh, the penguin waiter uh, leading Eddie Valiant to a table so that he can see uh, so he can see Jessica Rabbit and get extremely horned up. <laughs> it's a real and theme. A, a card of a punter from the Houston Oilers. Why why did they include that? <laughs> they had to get rid of it. Uh, I have what appears to be a T-shirt wrapped up with a little blue tape. Let me see if I can get this open here. The painter's tape is incredibly wily. Opening this up. What have we got? What have we got? This is a t-shirt for beloved band Sunseeker. Do you know Sunseeker? I think we know Sunseeker. I can't I can't recall when I last thought about them. It must have been 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is the excellent heavy metal melodic death metal band of one our friend Nikita who sent us stuff and now you get to share in the goodness that is him and his band I'm sure you're the only person in the state of Texas with that shirt that's probably true now that I think about it uh, they should probably tour Texas so that they can get a couple of other t-shirts down here well you're the ambassador it's like how ICP had sent like people down to Texas to like spread the word about them that's your job for Sunseeker gotta do it Oh, man, there's another T-shirt in here. Oh, my God, dude. 
All right. It's my new favorite t-shirt in the world. <laughs> it's tough to express how special this is to me. <laughs> Worlds are colliding with this shirt. Uh, what we have here is an image of Andrew Dice Clay, I believe in his Ford Fairlane character, <laughs> with the Danzig logo underneath it directly. <laughs> I We're talking about my guys. <laughs> guys, that I, uh, guys that I both vilify and have a very special place in my heart for. Th these two, uh, they hold the same space, I would say. <laughs> they may, in fact, be the same person. This is important. This is not just a nice gift. This is very important to me personally. You can uh, wear it to concerts, you can wear it to comedy shows, you could wear it to bail hearings. I will be wearing this until there's no life left in this t-shirt. Thank you so much, Jordan. You are welcome. And I saw that, I, I think I saw it a year ago, like right after we had our holiday show. And I've just had it like saved in my favorites to buy for this show because I knew, I knew I had to get it for you. Where did you find it? Uh, T Public. There we go. Uh, they... They got incredible things going on over there right now. Uh, I feel so very special and so very blessed. Thank you for all of these magnificent gifts, Jordan. And Nikita and Taylor as well. Thank you. You're welcome. I suppose that uh, it's about time to call it on this very special holiday episode. Do you have any uh, any closing thoughts for, for our people? Patreon.com slash Toilet of Hell to get bonus shows and bonus songs for our playlists that come out every month. Again... Pre-order a shirt. They are going fast. Uh, get stickers, too, because I bought a lot of them. Uh, you can email us, toilofhell at gmail.com, toilofhellradio at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Blue Sky, Twitter, and that's about it. Do all of those things. Um, and hey, we'll see you next time. Bye.
You're listening to 66.6 FM. Radio TOVH. The Flush.